Welcome to the Link Messages podcast. We're so excited you chose to spend your time chasing after Jesus with us. The Link is Christian Life Cathedral's gathering of college students and young adults. You can join us in person on Thursday nights at 7.30 at the CLC Student Center in Fayetteville, Arkansas. On this week's podcast, expect to find a thought-provoking message from our service on Thursday night. I'm too far away. Hey, tonight we have an incredible panel. Uh, I can't wait to get into this one. Um, it's going to be so good. We Tonight we're, we're talking about work. Um, I know that all of us uh, have to work yes, at some point in our lives. I know some of you might not want to, uh, but we all face the reality that we work in our lives. We have jobs, we have bosses, we have coworkers, we have all of these things that we've got to learn how to deal with. And so tonight, uh, we're going to talk about it because I think that it's I think it's an important reality that we have to face as young adults, as college students. Um, and so, why not talk about it with a good cup of coffee? So, if you need a refill, we still have coffee in the back. Please grab some uh, as we begin tonight. Um, I will never forget one of the lessons that my youth pastor taught me back in the day. Uh, he, he gave us a lesson on work, and he said, you don't have to work. He said, you get to work. Uh, so I, that has always stuck with me. You get to work in this life. And uh, so we have an incredible panel with us tonight. I'm going to invite them. I'm not going to say a whole lot about them because I'm going to let them uh, tell us a little bit about who they are. But would you please welcome to the front. Y'all can sit wherever you want. Please welcome Ralph. Please welcome Lydia. And please welcome Paris. Um, if uh, if y'all don't know Paris, Paris, you might recognize her for being on the praise team at CLC. You might recognize her from the choir. Um, you might even recognize her from being on campus at the U of A. Uh, Lydia, I'm going to hand you this mic and I'm going to get the other one. Y'all don't even know what's about to happen because I have a surprise intro for you. We're gonna we're gonna do some rapid fire icebreaker questions, okay? We're going we're gonna to get to know you. But here's the thing. Y'all, by the way, by the way, Ralph, would you like a water? Okay, Paris, would you like a water? All right. Okay, rapid fire questions. Here's the thing. Uh, you don't get to explain your answer. You just have to answer. Uh, okay, there's no explanation. You just give an answer. So the first one, and they don't know these questions, these rapid-fire questions. I'm surprising them. Number one, you're going out to eat with some friends on a Friday night. Where are you going? To Toro Beach. We knew, we knew what you were going to say. Tavoa. Olive Garden. Mm, okay. Number two, number two, what time do you normally go to bed at night? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> 1 a.m.? 930. <laughs> like a normal person. <laughs> what were you afraid of as a child? Just one thing. Nothing. Oh. That's a lie. No, my brothers. I'll, th there's a real answer. Okay. Brothers. <laughs> Social interactions. <laughs> I said as a child, Ralph. Oh. <laughs> Snakes. 
Snakes? Ooh, no thank you. Uh, number four, uh, which Disney movie is the best Disney movie? No explanation required. Oh, I'm thinking in DreamWorks. Don't worry. <laughs> Anything that has the Disney name on it. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have the process. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to break the rules because it's technically DreamWorks, but uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Okay. I think I'm going to go with a classic Mulan. Ooh, okay. I, okay. I love me some Mulan. Okay, uh, next question. We're going to get culturally relevant with this question right now. It's a question that uh, is raging on the internet. You don't get to explain your answer. You just have to answer. In the entire world, are there more wheels or more doors? This entire is a world. That's yeah. Going around? Yeah. Are there more wheels or are there more doors in the world? I'm going to go with doors. Doors. Okay. And then last question. What's your favorite thing about CLC or the link? Worship. Family. My community, but he said it better. So. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Well, these are our panelists tonight, and they're going to talk to us a little bit about work. And so the first question for you all tonight is just tell us a little bit about, uh, I mean, you can introduce yourself, but tell us about your work history and where you're at now. Okay, I have the mic, so I guess I'm starting. Um, hi, guys. I'm Lydia. If For those of you who don't know me, um, I moved to Arkansas to attend the university. Um, graduated in December of 2016, and I had been working at a daycare, realized that maybe I should get a job that was relevant to my degree. Um, so I applied at J.B. Hunt as like a temporary job, and I've been there for almost five years, and now I'm in management, so. Awesome. Hello, I'm Ralph. Uh, if you don't know me, come find me afterwards. Like, let's get to know each other. I'm not as scared of so social interactions <laughs> these days. Um, also went to the University of Arkansas, graduated uh, December of 2016. Worked the summer as a camp counselor, worked the summer in retail while doing a church internship, came back, started J.B. Hunt as a temporary job, did a link internship, a fellowship residency during that time, then went full-time at J.B. Hunt, uh, started grad school, worked <laughs> at Starbucks, <laughs> then now I am still in grad school working at Old Pine, come get coffee, it's the best place in town, um, and also working here at CLC as a transfer director. Yeah. Well, gosh, y'all make me feel so, oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, I've been at the University of Arkansas since 2004, so basically about 17 years. Overall, though, I've, I've been at higher education for about 22, 23 years. I know I don't look that old, but I'm 47, and I feel every bit um, of it. Um, but I have the uh, pleasure of serving as the assistant vice chancellor for Greek life at the University of Arkansas. I was just promoted um, Woo. about a year ago. Um, Let's go. March 17th, so promoted. And so, um, like I said, I've been at the U of A for 17 years. I am over every single fraternity and sorority um, that's on our campus. 
Um, basically, I manage a system of almost 8,000 um, Greek students. And so I was running a little late tonight because I was at a meeting. And I'll just be honest, it's kind of weird. It's like you're talking about parties and health and safety and liability. And then I come in, I'm like, okay, God, I got this chain, so help me out. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is like, oh, my goodness. But anywho, but um, I've been doing this for a long, long time. And thank you all for inviting me. Awesome. So next question is, how did you enter into the position or positions that you have now? And what do you love about what you do? Um, I, can y'all understand me okay? Okay. Yeah. Let me say this. I really do view my position, my role as a ministry. And I know you probably um, won't hear that from most higher education folks or, you know, teachers or whatnot. But I really, really do look at my role um, as a ministry. And if somebody asks me that in an interview or anything, most likely I will probably say that. I really do view it as a ministry. So, um, honestly, um, doing this, it was really a God thing. I never um, imagined working in higher education. I had all plans in the world to um, be Oprah Winfrey, um, to be honest. It, uh, I really did. Um, I also thought about being a Barbara Walters. And I'm not trying to laugh at this, but I'm just being honest. Um, my younger days, like what's going on in Ukraine, I really was that person, like, I wanted to be in a scene like that where I can report live, like, what is going on. Now my 47-year-old self is like, what in the heck was I thinking, you know, when you look at what's going on in the world now. But I really um, thought that I was going to be this news broadcaster. And um, long story short, um, God just directed me to um, my Greek advisor at the time, and he op had a door that was literally open for me. Um, to work in admissions. And so I started recruiting at Arkansas State University. That's where I received my um, bachelor's degree and master's from. And so I basically recruited. And then another door opened for me. Um, our uh, vice chancellor for student affairs at that time saw something in me and she was just like, I'm creating a position for you. Wow. And she said with that, you have to work on your master's degree because at that time I was not planning on going back to school for nothing in the world. But um, she gave me that opportunity where I worked and um, I was able to basically go to school for free um, and get a master's degree. And again, God just opened up another door um, for me. I'm going to put this there. I was one of those people who was like, um, um, I'm ready to leave and go somewhere else because there were some personal things that was going on in the relationships that was that was a part of. And so I moved over to the University of Memphis and worked there. And God showed me some things like, uh, you just made a decision that I did not basically approve of. You know, I'll let you do whatever, but you're going to have to go through a couple of things. But I also learned in my time there, priests, you need to just follow what God, you know, what he has for your life. And so I did a lot of praying, and one of my prayers was, you know, God enlarge my territory. I will never, ever, ever, ever forget that prayer. And um, when you ask God to do something, you have to know that it's not always um, what you think it's going to be. And so when I moved um, here, he, he opened the door for me to move here to um, Fayetteville. And at that time, we only had, like, what? 25, 2,800 Greek students. And I just told y'all I'm over about 8,000 students. And so in between that time, 
I became the director, I think, in 2008. And again, just wow, um, all these fraternities and houses being built, all these people, you know, now joining the community. Long story short, it's just that you just never know what God may have for your life. And that's why I say that it is really a ministry for me because in a nutshell, I get to minister to these people. Um, and I don't have to preach the Bible to them. It's just what I do, how I go about it. And it's just, I just use every moment that I can to be the light. I've even um, actually um, invited someone to um, to the Lord and went to their awesome. baptism. Um, because, again, an opportunity was presented. And if you say you want to join church, hey, you're telling the wrong person. I'm going to pull out the Bible and say you can do it right here. And go to Romans <laughs> and show, you know, yes. do all of that. So, anyway, long story short, that's that. Awesome. Let's see. Uh, grad school, just several years of soul searching. Finally decided I can't get enough of school. Once you actually figure out what you want to do with your life, it's a lot better, I promise. Um, for Old Pine... I started grad school August of 2020, and so at that time, I'm like, all right, I'm quitting my full-time job. Don't really know what's next other than school, but here we go. Um, and so for seven months, all I had to do was study and show up at the church. And so uh, Hartley actually told me about Old Pine. They had it opened up a few months earlier, and so I just was there every day studying, got to know the guys over several months, pretty much asked them the first day if they were hiring. It's like, oh, not right now really a year and a half later they're like hey you still looking for a job yes <laughs> so just showed up there and doing school work all the time got to know them it's great um here uh i'd say everything boils down to faithfulness god's timing and really good friends um i showed up here at the link back in 2016 and at that point in my life i was just figuring out well, really just doing a lot of soul searching, trying to figure out what is my purpose supposed to be. And I started learning over the years that one of my greatest passions other than Jesus himself is serving and empowering the local church. And so I just started showing up. I'm like, okay, how can I get involved? Uh, you need a small group leader? Sure. Um, you want to start some random class on worship? Okay, let's go for it. Oh, there's an internship? Sure, let's hop in. Do you know how to play bass? Nope, but I'll learn. It's just showing up every day of like, how can I be of service to the church? How can I fill the gaps where there are things that still need to be done? Um, and then got involved with transfer about a year and a half after that and started off as I'm just showing up as just a drummer, nothing else. I don't really know what I'm doing when it comes to youth. I don't really know if this is the place for me, but I, right? <laughs> um, but I know I enjoyed worship. I enjoyed playing music and I enjoyed serving. So I'm like, all right, I'll help out. Um, started volunteering for about two years or so, and then I have good friends like Danny, Liz, Amberly, who's not here right now, um, and as Danny likes to call it, uh, he started an operation of Operation Foot in the Door, <laughs> of like, all right, how can we yes. get Ralph on staff? Like, That's, he what, is we here That's what we called it. Every single day, Operation Foot in the Door, and so I started off getting hired on for some small maintenance position next door on Sundays and Wednesdays. And we're like, all right, you're here all the time. Uh, next thing I know, I'm sitting down at Old Pine, Danny and Liz, and they're like, so we have news to tell you. I thought they were leaving, and I was like, don't you dare. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was when Danny was becoming pastor of both Transfer and The Link, and he's like, hey, I need a team. You in? I'm like, all right, don't know what we're doing, but let's go. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I got where I am now. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Um, all right. How was so I mentioned that I came to JB Hunt originally as like a 
temporary job. Um, I went into the professional workforce with this idea of it was going to be like two years or less, and then I was going to go on the missions field. And then God was like, <laughs> thanks, but cute, no. Um, and so he completely shifted my perspective of um, the professional workforce, the corporate world, um, and just what all that brought. And so I actually found a job I really loved. Um, not It's not for everybody. Um, Ralph and I have very different opinions um, specifically about this, but um, I found a place that I really loved and I really loved what I did. Um, and so about two and a half years ago, my boss was moving into a new position and they needed a new manager and every single person who knew they were hiring was like, you need to apply. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm not managing people. Um, people are kind of the worst. Um, I still kind of stand by that statement. Um, but <laughs> they pushed me so much to apply, so I did so, um, and I fell flat on my face. I went into the interview. I was vastly unprepared. I was not where I needed to be to manage people and bombed the interview. They freaking ate me up, spit me out, and, like, ran over the pieces. It was bad. Um, and so I walked away from that, went into a different position, and said, if this is where I'm going to go, if this is what I want to do, I need to be intentional, and I need to have people investing into me, and I need to invest the time to grow. So that's what I did. I spent a year really pushing and growing and learning and um, pushing myself out of my comfort zone, and a year later, uh, I was hired as the manager for the team I manage now. And so I've been doing that for a little over a year and I'm learning, I'm growing. <laughs> it's something. So I think that gets us to a good spot right here to just be real. What are some challenges that y'all face in your work life? People. Yeah, <laughs> we're keeping it real. Um, yeah, I mean, that is a huge, I manage people. And um, I went from a position where I, my success was based off of me, and um, when my success is based off of me, I do, I do pretty good. All of a sudden, I'm in a position where my success is based off of six other people's success, and that's hard, and it's unpredictable, and, like, people are full of personal things and their own challenges, and you're having to learn how to coach them through that and lead them through that and create this community among six different personalities it's hard. Um, so, yeah, that's been one of my probably biggest struggles through this position, but also just in the corporate world in general, learning how to have those hard conversations and um, taking my career into my own hands when I want something, learning how to ask for it in a respectful way, but necessary way, um, and knowing how to guide that so I'm progressing how I need to progress. So. Biggest challenges. Um, I'd say two of the biggest ones I've faced, uh, number one, family expectations. Um, and then, if we're being completely real, just probably the deepest depression I've been in for several years. Um, and so with the family expectations, I come from a family where education is everything. Like it's a sign of success. It's your security. It's your way forward. Um, and in a lot of ways, I'm grateful for that. Like, it's got me where I am now. I genuinely love learning if I actually care about what I'm studying. Took a while to figure that out. But, um, and so in my family, we have several people working in the healthcare field. And it's just like, all right, 
all throughout high school, all throughout undergrad, don't worry about any kind of job situation. Like your job is to like excel in school and like keep pursuing that and go as far with that as you can. And at the time, that was fine. It's like, okay, cool, this is great. Um, I'm relatively decent at school, great test taker. Like, okay, let's go for it. Um, but leaving school, I began to see like where a lot of my family expectations didn't really line up with what my heart and passion was. Because uh, for them, it's like, all right, you have your education. All right, go find a really good, stable, long-term career, well-paying, like American dream, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, money is great. You need it to pay, do a lot of things, to function as an adult, but money is not everything. Um, because I, like Lydia said, we have very differing opinions about our time at <laughs> J.B. Hunt. Um, before Lydia became an absolute boss and started managing other people, we worked the same job for a while. And whereas Lydia thrived and she loved it and she was learning a lot, I hated every single minute of it. Um, it was one of those things of like, yeah, I was decent at the job, but like I, when I say it was hard to wake up in the morning, there were several mornings where I woke up and like, what would happen if I just stopped showing up, didn't say anything to anybody and just disappeared for a while? Because like, I hated going to work that much. Yeah. Um, Lydia had the brunt of it, because uh, like we worked together and we had a lot of heart-to-heart -heart conversations, a lot of hard conversations, conversations that looking back on it, I see now that, hey, she was right at the time, low-key hated her for it. Um, but if you don't have friends in your life that will have those kind of conversations with you and stick it out with you, get better friends, um, become that friend yourself. Um, and so just waking up and seeing that like, this is not the place where I'm supposed to be, right? Well, it's where I was supposed to be at a time, but like this is not the place where I'm supposed to be long-term. I know that, but I have no idea what's next. I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. I just know like this isn't it. But in the eyes of my family, it's like, you're doing great, keep going, keep going. And I didn't say it works. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, thankfully, that's passed. We can talk more about the ministry of that in one of the next questions. Um, but now one of the biggest challenges I face absolutely love both of my jobs. It still blows my mind that I get to do what I do right now. Uh, but one of the biggest challenges I face now is as someone who gets to lead other people, feeling like I have something of value to add to other people's lives, to develop them as leaders themselves and to develop them in their callings, whether it's within the church, without a out of the church, and how to like push them forward in ways that doesn't feel like, hey, go fill off this checklist and do these things. Like, how can I add to your life personally and like see you succeed in the things that God's calling you to? Um, it's not easy. Yeah. So yeah, that's one of my biggest challenges right now. Yeah. Hmm, challenges, I have quite a few. Um, one in particular is you know, what I may believe in. Um, I believe in a lot, and there are things that um, I don't always agree with. And so trying to play the, the political side of it, if that makes sense, without being very specific, you know, specific on everything. Yeah. But um, it's it's really hard, and it's, um, and it's challenging, and I have had to learn that over time. For some reason... I guess I do a good job. I'm still in the, um, <laughs> you know, in my position, but it is really, really hard when you don't believe the same thing that other people um, believe yeah. and just trying to, you know, stay here um, without um, putting yourself out there for, in so many words. The other thing I would say 
um, that I struggle with is just balance. You know, um, with my position, I'm always on. Like, I am on 24-7. So you asked a question, um, Pastor Danny, earlier about, you know, when do you all sleep? I really don't. I mean, because I have a position that is a 24-7 job. And so if I get a call at 3 a.m., um, I'm either going to respond to it by phone or if I have to go to the hospital because it's a medical transport, alcohol in particular, different things like that, then I may have to respond to that. But on top of that, um, I'm married. Um, I've been married for 16 years. Thank God that I have a husband who understands but um, also gives me a lot of grace. <laughs> because of, you know, um, I'm always, like I said, on and always having to do things. But I also have an eight-and-a-half-year-old um, daughter um, who now is in situations where she's wanting to be involved in stuff. So with her being involved, that means I have to figure out how to also be mom to her and give her the attention that she rightfully deserves. You know, today was a, you know, a perfect example. So I am in the school pickup line. Everybody know I go pick her up at 3 o'clock. But for some reason, I get this call from a chapter advisor about 3.10, 3.15. And I'm, you know, timing myself. Okay, I'm almost about to pick her up. And I see my phone ringing. So I tell him, I said, let me pick up my daughter real quick and let me give her my time. Because to me, it's very important to hear from her to see how her day went and also to ask her, you know, are you hungry? Where do you want to go? Because, you know, the kids are hungry, you know, and so um, see where she want to go. And I told him I'll call him back. Well, after, you know, we talked and took her wherever she needed to go to get food, I was like, well, I'm going to make a few calls because I could tell that she was eating and she didn't want to talk anymore, so she was eating. So I called him back and was just like, hey, so sorry. I said, but I have to take care of my, you know, daughter first. And she said, um, I said, I just want to try to be a good mom. And she said, well, mom, you are a great mom. And to be honest, that just really, you know, melted my heart because I'm like, again, I'm, I struggle with this because I realized, okay, yesterday I did this and last night and then today, like, I'm here, you know, with you all, but I just left the program and she, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like all these things and you're trying to balance it out. And that is really hard, you know, and so and you're going to struggle if you have a family, if you don't, you know, have a family and just trying to figure out how to do all those things. But you also have to understand that you're not perfect, you know. Um, and again, hopefully, th you know, if you were to get married, you will to you will get a spouse, somebody who will give you that grace, you know, and to understand, you know, that that's a part of your job and, and so forth. So I really do struggle with that. And just like I said, I'm just really grateful that I have somebody to support me with that. Yeah. Um, and I think, Priest, you brought up a, a great point just about balance. I think all of us here in the room at one point in our life have struggled with balance. I remember when I was in college, I saw this, uh, this, this triangle and it said like uh, adequate sleep, yeah. good friends, good grades, pick two. You know what I mean? Like, it's so hard to balance everything in life. And Priest, I, f I feel like you just answered that question and, and got very real about your experience. So maybe Ralph and Lydia, maybe you guys can also weigh in. How have you uh, dealt with finding balance in your work life? Or, or maybe you haven't. Um, let's just get real. <laughs> 
Ralph, are you laughing because that's too real? Oh, gosh. It's funny stories. Whenever Danny first asked me to be on this panel, I had a similar laugh, and he looked me in the eyes and said, that laugh right there is why I need you on this panel. Um, because, yeah, I haven't figured that out yet. Um, I have a lot of ambition. I'm realizing now that of like a lot of things that I want to see happen in my life, um, and I somewhat have an idea of how to start getting there. Um, and so I start taking steps there, but I also have a problem saying no. <laughs> Um, and so at the point now, I'm simultaneously always feeling like I am doing way too much while also feeling like I'm doing the bare minimum and don't know how to like reconcile those two because um, two part-time jobs right now, I'm in grad school where the full-time load for uh, that program is three classes a semester, but like with everything going on, all I can handle right now is one class. And so I'm like, okay, that's fine. But realizing that I'm going at a third of the pace, looking, I'm like, oh, if I keep this pace up, this will be my life for like the next five years. And even though I'm in no rush, it's like, okay, is it ever going to slow down kind of thing? Um, so not great at the whole balance aspect yet because I am trying to get all three, trying to get the good grades, <laughs> trying to get adequate sleep, trying to maintain a social life. Um, my friends very clearly let me know when I'm not maintaining the social life. Clay, Abby, Lydia, <laughs> thank you. I've been called out so many times, like, hey, I haven't seen you in three months. I'm like, we see each other at the rink every week. It's like, that's not enough. <laughs> um, but one thing that I have found that is helpful is it's kind of tedious. It kind of sucks. If you're not detail-oriented, I am sorry. Google Calendar and schedule everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you look at my Google Calendar, it might stress you out. Everything is color-coordinated. Every day is... Have you ever seen fireworks before? <laughs> like, you look up in the sky and you see all the colors explode. You will look at fireworks when you see Ralph's Google Calendar. <laughs> if you're close enough to see this, it's <laughs> madness. Happy um, 4th of July. <laughs> um, but it, and scheduling something doesn't take away from the intentionality of it. It doesn't take away from the genuineness of it. If you want to see your friends, schedule it. If you have to schedule it out three or four weeks out, you got to do it. Um, if you struggle saying no and you struggle having time to yourself, even if you're highly, highly introverted, schedule time with yourself. Yeah. The amount of times people have invited me to do something, and I'm like, sorry, I have plans, and I left it at that and didn't give any more details. My plans was to just sit at home doing absolutely Let's go. nothing. Come like, on, Ralph. Come on. Because <laughs> if what I'm learning now, and Priest, you hit on it, like being married, having a family, I'm still single, still trying to do my own thing. I couldn't imagine trying to do any of this with a spouse or with kids at the moment. Like, I'm an introvert. I'm selfish with my time. I got to grow with that. But, like, I can't imagine what it's like now. But I'm learning that, like, it's never going to get any easier. Life is only going to get more complex. Technology is only going to steal our attention more and more. Like, holy crap. And then eventually we're going to be taking care of more and more people. And so, like, start now with building those rhythms yeah. of how yeah. to prioritize time. Yeah. Still not the best at it, but we're learning. Um, okay, so he basically hit all of the points on my one, which is being intentional. Um, I add in being intentional with my bedtime, but... Hey, um, 9.30. Hey, it's not for everybody. I also have to wake up at, like, 5 in the morning. So, um, <laughs> but, so he talked a lot about intentionality and, like, retweet. Um, wow. 
my other thing that I, I would say is checking yourself on your priorities often. Um, and that goes in multiple things. That can also go in when you are trying to decide what career path you want or where you want to go in your life. Um, it doesn't have to look like everybody else's, but you have to make sure that you know what priorities you have Come on. whenever it goes into what you want in your career. Um, money's not everything, but sometimes that is something that is a huge factor in your career pathing or um, who you work with. That's a huge thing for me. If I don't like who I work with, shoot. Like, I've just been like 45 plus hours a week with you people, like, and I don't <laughs> like you? Excuse me? No, thank you. Um, but like, everybody has different priorities. Like, do you, does your company prioritize what time you're getting off? Is, is that a priority to you? Is it a priority to you to not get those calls at 3 a.m.? Some yeah. people it is, some people it isn't. Yeah. Everybody's priorities are gonna look different but knowing what your priorities are and checking them often because it's really easy to lose sight of that to um, give in another area that isn't actually as important because it's important to everybody else around you. Yeah, yeah do it. Um, I call that kind of like a non-negotiable, so to speak. So like with my role, I mean, when I accepted that, I understood that I'm going to get the 3 a.m. calls, but also for me, church is also important. So when I decided that I wanted to be like on praise team, well, I knew that they met on Wednesdays at six. So whatever I had going on with work, I made that a non-negotiable that I am going to um, leave from whatever meeting at such and such time. And I'm gonna be at church on Wednesday nights from six to 8.30 at that time, six to 8.30, six to nine, whatever it was. But my point is, I made that a priority and that was non-negotiable. Um, Sunday mornings, different things like that. So it is okay for you to do that, whether it's you know now or later on. And those are priorities for me, and I will not do something different because I need that every Wednesday. Yeah, that's so good. <clears throat> um, final question. We just have time for one more question, um, and I want to hit on this because I think it's something that we're all going to have to deal with. We all have dealt with it. <clears throat> um, how many of you in your line of work right now, uh, you work with people? Um, <laughs> uh, so we have all had some sort of boss. We've had colleagues. We've had uh, people that we interact with, whether it's like in our job or whatever. Lydia's already said it. People are hard, okay? People can make or break whatever position it is that you are in, but here's the deal. God calls us in our lives, even our work lives, to be salt and light. Right? So as believers, as followers of Jesus, we shouldn't just go off on people. We shouldn't treat people the way that we don't want to be treated. We, we should treat people as uh, brothers and sisters made in the image of God. We should do all those things, right? Sometimes we don't. But as followers of Jesus in the workplace, how do you deal with people? Sometimes not well. Keep it real. <laughs> Keep it real. Um, no, literally, I mean, I literally leaned over and said, who, two weekends ago? Because I kind of broke down two weekends ago. It's fine. Um, we all have setbacks. I would say, um, I put three nuggets down. Um, take a breath to breathe whenever you need to. Sometimes um, everything can seem like it's falling apart, but you need to walk away for like five minutes. 
and take some deep breaths in an empty conference room or outside or in the bathroom, literally whatever, wherever the place is, like sometimes you just have to walk away for a minute. That's okay. Um, finding people around you that think similar and can challenge you and push you in those areas. Um, and with that, keeping your circle for advice small. Um, it is so easy, especially when you have big decisions in your life, to want to get all the advice from all the people because everybody has such good advice um, or everybody can pray for you, but they don't need to. You don't need everybody's prayers. Um, and honestly, in a lot of ways, as much as people will come to you and like want to pray for you and their heart and intention is pure, everybody has biases behind like mm. what they are bringing to the table. And it doesn't mean they're bad biases, but it doesn't always mean that it's gonna be leading you exactly in the direction God needs you to be led. Um, and so that's something that I think is so important is when you have big decisions, you don't need to ask everybody. Keep it small, know the, make sure it's people who know you, respect and know what your goals in life are um, and are gonna point you in the direction that is gonna align with where God would be pointing you. Um, how to be salt and light in the workplace. Um, I also have three little nuggets. Um, the first one is, uh, I haven't gotten there, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> um, first one is humility. I don't care how good you are at what you do. I don't care how long you've been in the game, how many new ideas you have. You always have something you can learn from everybody. Yeah. You have bosses above you, great, you can learn from them. There's 40 years in between you and you disagree on almost everything, great, you have something to learn from them. Yeah. You're leading teenagers who you don't understand half the things that they say, great, you have something you can learn from them. Um, and so like always having a mindset of seeking humility and knowing that like I'm a unique individual, I bring something to the table, but the person that's sitting across from me brings something different to the table as well and what they have even if I completely disagree with it, it makes sense in their world for the perspective that they have, for the culture that they grew up in, the experiences that they've had. So let's understand one another a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Um, so the first one's humility. Um, the second one is bring excellence. I learned this real quick <laughs> working for a Fortune 500 company for a little while. If you are not good at your craft, if you're not good at whatever your job is, no one's gonna listen to you. You want to be salt and light. You want to be an influence for Jesus. You got to start by being good at your job. Wow. Be the kind of person that when you show up, people know they can count on you to get your job done. They know that they can count on you to be faithful. They know they can count on you to be there when stuff needs to happen. Yeah. Get the job done. And then it's like, all right, I can trust this guy. Wow. All right, uh, let's hang out a little bit. Let's spend some more time. Let me give you more responsibilities. Oh, you're a genuinely decent person. You're faithful. You have integrity. Okay, maybe there's something I can learn from you. Yeah. And that begins to open up conversations of like, all right, let me tell you half the reason of like why a lot of these things are in the way in my life. So yeah. seek a mindset of humility, bring excellence to your craft. Um, and the last one is intentionality. Um, because it is so easy to just show up, do your job, and then go home. Yeah. 
It is so easy to do that. Whether you love your job or you hate it. You hate it, it's real easy to just show up and go home. But like, even when you love your job, it's so easy to put yourself on autopilot. It's so easy to be like, all right, I have to be here at 3. I have to be here at 4.30, but got to make sure I get out of time. Oh, someone's trying to interrupt me with a conversation. I don't have time for this. I got to go. It's like, stop. Be intentional. Choose to see the person that's across from you. Choose to be inconvenienced. If you're yeah. trying to get somewhere but someone really wants to talk to you, sit there and talk. Yeah. Last night I had that happen to me. It's like, all right, after transfer, we go into an after party like we are tonight. I'll shut some things down. It's like, all right, I'll see you guys in like 15 minutes. I showed up 40 minutes later. <laughs> so I ran into Reggie, our worship pastor for CLC, and we just started chatting, catching up, and all of a sudden, conversation got real deep, real quick, and we were talking for like 30 minutes. Yeah. Just like, be intentional with the conversations. Be intentional with the people around you, even if it's somewhere you don't want to be. Until God opens another door, he has you there for a reason. So seek him, see what it is, and just like, be willing to be with people. Choose people. Yeah. So yeah, humility, excellence, intentionality. That's good. And I'll just add on... Raise your hand. Who want more money? Would love more money, a better paying job, all that. Yeah. All right. If I <laughs> screw the scripture up, just correct me. That's fine. But basically, just a summary, you know, you have to be faithful with what you have mm -hmm. and be good stewards of that. If you want more, you got to appreciate what you have. Yeah. And he will give you more. Okay, that's my summary of it. Yeah. So with that being said, you may not like the job that you're in. You may not like your supervisors. You may not like the work that you're doing. But going back to what he was saying, do it in excellence yeah. and be great at that. Then I'm going to add on to it. Your name matters. Wow. Your name matters. Yeah. My grandma used to tell me all the time, all you have is your name. That's all you have is your name. So whatever work, whatever you're doing, your actions, whatever you're putting out, it's attached to your name. Yeah. From a biblical standpoint, at the end of the day, I want my name to be in the big book. Yeah. The Lamb Book of Life. That's where I want my name to be. Yeah. So if I wasn't doing everything else right at work, because that matters. He see all that. Right. And see me showing out or whatever. I want my name to be there. Yeah. So that's why I say your name matter. Yeah. And one of the things that I also had to learn, um, and it wasn't that many years ago, but I had to learn and ask God, what is love? Mm. And I'm not just talking about, you know, loving my husband, not that. Just loving just people just in general. Like, what is love? Because God is love. Yeah. I said that to say this. When you fully and you truly understand that, then it's not going to be hard for you to love other people. Yeah. And it's not going to be hard for you to show. Because you want to be like God. Yeah. You want to strive to be like him. And in order to do that, you must learn how to love and be able to show it. That's good. That's good. Lydia, leave us with uh, a nugget of wisdom. Nugget of wisdom. Okay, so 
I have two, but they tie together. They already alluded to it, but um, be faithful where you're planted. Um, You might hate it, but there's a reason you're there. And likely God might not open up that next door until, like, you show where you're faithful. Um, With that being said, I, this is something that, it was a long time ago. Um, Grant did a sermon. If you guys don't know, Grant Rowe was the pastor before Sam, who was before Danny. So it was a hot minute ago, um, but this has just really stuck with me through so many seasons. Um, He was talking about, like, looking for that next step. Um, And he said, if if you feel like God's not showing you your next step, you probably need to go back and find what, and do what he told you to do last. Because likely you didn't complete whatever he asked of you. Wow. Um, And that just really stuck with me because I remember... Um, just quick little story. Like I said, I was going to go into missions and, um, I remember being so confused with, with my career pathing and what I was, what I was supposed to be doing. I was like, what am I doing here, God? Um, and he, he said, he gave that sermon and I was like, I never filled out the application he told me to fill out. Um, and I filled it out and it, it wasn't where I was supposed to go. That wasn't my next step to like go into that missions field and go and do that thing. But the application process was so necessary for refinement for me. Mm. And I, and it was just, I mean, honestly, it was about obedience. Like yeah. he had told me to do this thing and I needed to learn and I needed to grow from that. Yeah. Um, so if you feel stuck and you don't know where the next step is, what's the last thing God told you to do? Because wow. you probably need to go back and do it. That's good. Hey, that's that's what we got time for tonight. Can we thank our panelists tonight getting real and authentic about work? So good. Uh, hey, I know that we've kept y'all over time tonight, so this is what I want you to do. Uh, would you please stand to your feet with us uh, as we go from this place? We're going to go uh, to Whataburger. We're going to go get some food, whether you want chicken or a burger or a shake or something. Come get some Whataburger with us uh, after we close. And I just want to encourage you, have these conversations with people in this room or when we go to Whataburger. Ask them questions about work. Ask them questions about their non-negotiables. Ask ask people in this room about uh, their faithfulness. Ask people in this room, what was the last thing God asked you to do? And let's have these conversations as we go from here because that's the whole point of Coffee Talk. Now, around here at the link, uh, we say that the link is a movement, and we are moving from glory to glory. glory. Love y'all so much. Can't wait to see you next week. For information about The Link, check out our website, thelinkatclc.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at thelinkatclc. From glory to glory.